I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theatre Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theatre. If you've been enjoying the American Theatre Artists Online podcast, I urge you to consider donating to help the artists who produce the theatre that we all love so much. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Many performers, designers, directors, choreographers, stage crew, and theater administration staff are either without a job or in peril of losing their jobs. The Actors Fund provides assistance to artists to cover basic living expenses, such as food, essential medications, utilities, and more. If you love and enjoy theater, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. Zonder wien wou mijn liefde licht het licht tot infinie en zicht het zand over mijn land mijn platteland mijn vlanderland sound the day is gone I'm Marik Marik in Flanders feel the echo sound the day is gone so on the Multiple award-winning Broadway actor Natasha Diaz has performed professionally since the age of nine. Growing up in New York City, she began her training at the School of American Ballet, where she was handpicked by Jerome Robbins and librettist Arthur Lawrence to perform the role of Anita in both the national and international tours of West Side Story, garnering Chicago's Joseph Jefferson Award and St. Louis's Kevin Kline Award. Her Broadway credits include Paul Simon's The Cape Man and leading roles in Susical and the 2004 revival of Man of La Mancha, in which she also understudied the role of Aldonza, performing the role opposite Brian Stokes Mitchell. She is well known to DC theater audiences, having won two Helen Hayes Awards and appearing often at the Tony Award-winning Signature Theater, Metro Stage, and other notable venues in the DC area. Hi, Natasha. Hello, Stefan. How are you? Thank you so much for being on American Theatre Artists Online. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. I am so thrilled about your curiosity. Of course. <laughs> well, I mean, when I, was, um, when I was looking through, you know, your resume and just reading about you in articles and across different media, I was like, wow, Natasha has a really, really, and I don't just say this because of the podcast, it's really, you have a really interesting background. Thank you. And you have, yeah. you, and you have an yeah, a interesting career to match. Well, thank you. I, yes. Um, I think, you know, if, if we had addressed, you know, as a, as a, as an industry, if we had addressed the um, undiagnosed systemic racism, I probably would have had a lot <laughs> a lot wider resume. Ah, um, very interesting point to start with. Let's 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 dive right in. Natasha Diaz. So I hear that and I think to myself, okay, she's either got a Spanish or a Portuguese background because that's sort of you know. And as someone myself talking to you, I'm I'm half Latinx and nobody ever knows because of my German names and my you know. But you have an interesting background like that too. Tell me about your about growing up, about your parents, and and all of that. I am half. Puerto Rican, half Italian. Wow. Um, uh, these days, people people often uh, seem to be getting wind of sensitivities to uh, sexual orientation and gender uh, gender orientation. Mm-hmm. And here's here's what I say, which is what I've always said. I am half I'm half Italian, half Puerto Rican. I identify as Italian. Mm, interesting. See that? Yeah. I have never. Um, I have the Latin. I can paint with them. 
Mm-hmm. I can paint with the rhythms. I understand uh, the accents very well. I have a good ear, so I can evoke that. But um, if anyone had ever asked, I've been trying to ditch the Diaz for years. Interesting. Not because, and not just because everybody ethnic was trying to ditch their ethnic last name, mm-hmm. but because I just never really felt like it was me. Oh, that's so fascinating. You know, and you were you were raised in Italy too, right? Or <clears throat> No, I was born in Lugano, Switzerland. In Switzerland, close to and, Italy. And uh, my parents, my father was the youngest bass to ever win the Met auditions. He opened the new Metropolitan Opera and Lincoln Center. Wow. Opera singer. My mother was a ballerina. Wow, what a pedigree. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, you know, there's there's a lot to unpack there. And, and of course, as I went along life, all the influences of being the spawn, the musical theater spawn of an opera singer and an actress, there was a lot there. Um, these two people were at the top of their field. Yes. They were uh, a young, hot, celebrated couple mm. in, uh, you know, in New York City. And um, just a lot of the, a lot of the um, expectations on how they would be treated, on on the kind of atmosphere that fine art, you know, was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I sort of came into my own and realized, of course, that I was a little bit of both. And uh, that it, I learned very quickly that, you know, a lot of the things that I would audition for, that I, like, you know, my talent would afford me to get in the room and then go far Mm-hmm. But then they would always choose the blonde. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that because you know, um, I, 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 as I look through your, your, you know, your career and the different things you've done, there seem to be, um, you know, the, the shows on Broadway, right? The Paul Simon's The Cape Man, which is a Latinx musical, really, uh, ahead of its time for sure. Um, and then Man of La Mancha, which is a more recent uh, credit, which is also uh, very Spanish, you know. And then you have Susical in there, which is like something not, you know, related to any of the... So I was wondering how much you got, you found yourself sort of stuck in that role. And, you know, uh, well, I'll let you talk about that for a second, and then we'll talk about your your amazing um, the situation in which you were selected to be uh, to play Anita uh, in West Side Story. We'll get to that because that's a whole thing in and of itself. But let's talk about sort of, did you feel yourself pigeonholed because of your last name and because of, you know, this was years, years and years ago, right? Before all of this awareness. Did you feel it? Uh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that I would, I, I actually never saw myself as anything but brunette. Mm-hmm. And that's the absolute truth. So sure. um, I... I think more often than not, um, I would challenge the rooms that I was in just by my coloring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. It got down to the end for Martin Guerre. Mm. I was it was me and Aaron Dilly. Mm. Um, it's funny. Paul Wanterek just posted something last night. He was like, "Oh, do you remember Urban Cowboy? Oh, that was so fun!" And I was like, "Did you know that I did all of the workshops for that?" Mm. Before before Jason Robert Brown came in right. to change it, yeah, um, and yeah. then the towers fell. Um, mm. I actually had come in to, uh, the, and they were having we were auditioning men to play opposite me. I had come in from doing a play here in DC, right. um, and then they didn't find anybody they liked. The whole world collapsed, as you know, and yeah. and then they started casting off of instead of off of me, off of the, the gentleman they found. Um, so I have, I have, my path is littered with stories like that, but I don't think that that particular one was because of my ethnicity. I think it was actually because they, they just realized it's, he's really the main thing mm-hmm. and not so much the sissy character. So they just, you know, it's their piece. But I had, I had done all of the uh, workshops with, with Jeremy Kushner and I don't know why they moved on from him, but right. that's another decision. Ever- right. So this is great for people to hear because a lot of people listening, especially those that are listening that love theater, but maybe are not really behind the scenes in theater, don't understand how much work goes 
goes into any of these new shows or the workshops and all the work. And sometimes people put in a ton of work like you just described, and then they don't actually get to be in the show. You know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. The well, it's, it's funny because my impulse to, to comment on what Paul wrote yesterday on Instagram was that I realized I don't want to be absent from the history. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. here's another, I mean, and this, you know, everybody knows this story or at least whatever. I mean, it's not that important, but, you know, they had approached me to take the journey of In the Heights with Daniela mm-hmm. first. And uh, I had, when they were doing the workshop and I said, and I actually did, I had some law and orders that I was, that I was filming sure. that week, but mostly I was really reluctant to play a Puerto Rican hairdresser Uh, because I knew what it would mean. I see. Yeah. And I said, I've been working, you know, I played Anita. I did that. Yeah. You know, it's got to be, the part has got to be better than Anita for me to be back in that Latin. I call it Latin blackface for me. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You know, and, and I think, you know, I even that's not me. You can do it. You're right. You can do it, but that's not you. Right. I understand it culturally. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Mm -hmm. where is the space for me to say, I identify as this. So Mm -hmm. kindly don't ask me to come in for the, you know, the drug addicts, latin maid or whatever i just said i don't i think of all of the the faces you would expect i'm italian i look italian i look mediterranean but this is a subtlety that not a lot of people understand and the ds doesn't help and i just came too late to Mm. change the name Uh. but you know there's as many and so basically i you know i i told them i said i'm 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 doing these i'm doing this law and order but do you know andrea burns Oh. And, you know, that was the end of that story. Oh, wow. So, and the rest is history. But, I mean, so tell me, you know, because this thing about um, typecasting for people with the last name, and especially a lot of casting uh, folks, you know, or a lot of people actually behind the table don't um, don't seem to see behind, you know, further than the name or a skin tone or a hair color. And there's always this preconceived notion. And when I was talking to Julio Agustin um, a couple of, of months ago uh, in the podcast, he said something, a director had approached him and said, and you'll, you'll appreciate this, it said, can you be more Puerto Rican? And he said, no, I can't. I'm 100% Puerto Rican. So this is as Puerto Rican as it's going to get. And I thought to myself, wow, what a great answer, right? So I'm sure you found yourself in that kind of situation, too, with like, what do you mean by more, more Latina, more Latina? I mean, like, come on. I well, mean. because it, honestly, it depends on the piece. And, yes. and really, Stefan, I like to I like to give the benefit of the doubt here mm. because a, a lot of these comments come from people and at times that um, they I, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Sure. They assume that they are having an artistic conversation. Right. Meaning that we are in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I'm not trying to insult you. I'm trying to ask for a color or ask right. for a, um, a frequency. Mm-hmm. And, and the perceived and, you know, insensitivity or insult, whatever, is, um, it depends on the delivery, it depends on the date, you know what I mean? I, I, sure. I, I like to I like to say, but now since we are all, as an industry, taking more time to to understand, I'm not a fan of the belaboring of, of it, right. but I am a fan of, of the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of, 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 of investigating in yourself hmm. what your tendency is and why and learning. And I'm also an advocate of um, using this as a positive time, not a negative time. And I don't see a lot of that yet. Hmm. Um, I feel like we should be excited about a new chapter that I'll give, I have two examples. Um, have you seen that beautiful uh, video of Brandy doing Cinderella? Uh, yes, yes, uh, the, from, from a while okay. ago, right? Yes, mm-hmm. with Whitney the, Houston. The visceral mm. joy that you see 
when you see all of these colors in ball gowns. Mm-hmm. Yes. In enjoying the um, the fairy tale too. Yeah. I mean, it is to me. It is beyond touching. Mm. Um, and and uh, and that that they are that that color that picture is allowed to come in to that that template that archetype the archetype mm-hmm. okay yeah is to me uh, that is what is exciting about where we can go and where we it looks like we we can be heading. I don't like this canceling. I don't mm-hmm. like this box checking that's yes. happening. Yes. Don't think throwing out anybody older than 40 and mm. white is the answer. I do not think that is the answer at all. Yes. Um, because yes. in the arts, in theater, it is supposed that we are the empaths mm-hmm. before we even say the word go. And and what happened to that? And besides the fact, if if I'm if if I want to give a song, if I'm teaching a class and I want to give a, a song from the prom to a girl who's not gay, mm-hmm. why should I receive vitriol for that? Why wouldn't I want that little actress to begin to feel what it might be like for a, for a young gay girl in 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 a high school? Right. I struggle with that as well. You know, as a gay man myself, I struggle with the the idea of representation and sort of what does that mean on stage? And to my view, and this is my own personal view, maybe I share something with you on that, is I feel like as long as the representation is honest and truthful, um, it, it, you're doing me a favor as a gay person. Because yes. if you play a gay character positively, that's a good, you know, like um, this new movie. Stephon, that is the, but that's yeah. the point, yeah. you see. And I think we lose... I, it feels to me, I could be wrong, it feels to me like we have lost the point. What I think we want is we want the best soul mm. to interpret and inhabit a role. Yes. Have you seen Supernova with um, Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth, this movie that just came out? I watched it with my boyfriend the other day, and it's about two older men who are in love, you know, the long-term relationship, and one of them is beginning to have signs of dementia. What a, what a sad story, but also a wonderful story to tell that nobody tells. And these two straight men playing these gay men, you know, I can't, I don't have space to get offended by that. They've just such beautiful portrayals, human touching portrayals of these two characters, which is what really matters. If they did it badly, yeah, then maybe I'd get offended. But they did it so beautifully that, you know, why do the actors have to be gay? Isn't that the whole point of acting and that you are playing someone else? So why does Natasha Diaz have to play a Latinx character or a Spanish character? Why can't Natasha Diaz play any character that she can play? Well, this is this is what I was knocking on yeah. my entire path. Mm. You should it happened write a book. with <laughs> it happened with um, Saturday Night Fever. Mm. I mean, they all wanted me, right? And Bernie Kelsey was like, "Oh my God, Natasha, this is the one. This is it." Mm. Because Stephanie is Italian. They're yeah. in Bronx, yeah. Brooklyn, yes. right? Yes. Okay, and of course. The minute the producer from London came, he was like, no, I want the blonde one. Which doesn't make any, yeah, it's... No, I mean, look, look, and Paige was phenomenal in that role. But it's, but the fact that it, that there was no, I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's the time. Nobody checked him. Nobody said, well, right. why not? Italian, right? right? So right. then... Right. Well, and you so know, you, you've been in the trenches. Okay, Natasha, you've been doing this for a while and you've been struggling and also being successful. So you've had your, your, your knocks. Like us also, all. Yes, <laughs> like us all. But I mean, what's yeah. great is that you've been there. You were there before any of this conversation was happening, right? And so what's happened now is that you're seeing that some people are awakening, you know, awakening now to this and you didn't unfortunately get any of that benefit for the first part of your career. But I'm hoping that now for the second part of your career, because come on, you know, you've got a lot more ahead of you. Uh, what what are you going to do and what are some of the things that are going to appeal to you? You know, so let's talk, let's talk a bit about 
uh, go back though a little bit. Let's talk a bit about um, your discovery, which you know I'm sure that you are, have heard told this story before and have had to describe it. But for me, it's super exciting because I'm a big West Side Story fan. I've been in four pro- professional productions of West Side Story myself and played almost every Jet, even though I'm half Latino. I've played every Jet. Um, you know, Tony, so- Arab action, yeah. And 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 um, now. Anita is the role that you were, get, correct me if I'm wrong, handpicked by Jerome Robbins and Arthur Lawrence, the, who wrote the book, to perform the role. You had been dancing at the School of American Ballet. Is that what was happening? Um, yeah. But what Actually, what first happened was um, Alan Johnson, hmm. the late, great, wonderful hmm. Alan Johnson, who was the choreographer uh, for all of Mel, um, Mel Brooks, um, he was mounting, um, he had been touring a production of West Side Story, mm-hmm. as, as everyone now knows, in Germany mm-hmm. and in Europe. And uh, I was invited to audition. And he immediately at my audition, he was like, I, and I was set to just replace someone for four months. Mm-hmm. And I had never... Uh, seen the show before I had never uh, I'd only just listened to the soundtrack and knew that like all I knew is that there was there was like literally like a match there was a match that got lit in my soul and something started vibrating and I was like okay I don't know what is happening but this is calling to me and I got the role. I joined them in Amsterdam, whatever. And I remember watching the show for the first time live. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to die. It's a huge I role. Right. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't dance. What? Just the, the sheer athleticism of it all. Mm-hmm. The dancing while singing, whatever. And um, so we did it in, 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 in Germany. I did it. I had my induction. Um with uh, an incredible cast and I was like okay now I have a sense of what this is uh, a few years later Alan Johnson said look we're mounting a national tour and I want you to play Anita but we are uh, this time it's going to get all it needs everyone needs approval by Jerome Robbins mm. and Arthur Lawrence uh-huh. also at that time they were doing the West Side Story Suites at the New York City Ballet. Oh. And so Alan said to me, hey, so we're going to bring you in, like at the end of a rehearsal day at the New York City Ballet, which of course I had gone to the New York City Ballet from the ages of nine through 14. Mm-hmm. So all my friends were now in the core. Mm-hmm. And of course I sprouted in musical theater, but, and I cut my <laughs> hair, I did the rebellion thing, you right. know, but I had that ballet. Right. I still have the ballet corps. So I came in to audition for Jerome Robbins. Mm-hmm. Alone in a room. Oh my gosh. What was that like? And I walked in and there was two of his assistants and Jerry was there. And 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 uh, and uh, Alan I don't I don't think even Alan was even there. I was just supposed to meet him there so that I could do it for him, the mm-hmm. man yeah. himself. And uh he was like, all right, so let's do America. And anybody who knows America, not only is it so hard to do with just a piano, it's like impossible to do by yourself. Self, without all the, the, the ladies with helping you out. Piano. Yeah. yeah. And I and I, I, I did it and I got to the and I literally was right in front of him for that split and I fell out on my back. I was just like, oh I, like it collapsed. I, I hit I hit the line and then I just I just was gasping for breath. And and he laughed and and he was said he was like good. He was like it's good. It was really good. And then and then and then he gave me a few corrections on lines Good. Uh, or like talked to me about them. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he sort of wandered out of the room. And I was like, what's happening? What is, what's, what's happening? <laughs> and so the assistants are like thumbing up. They're like, I think you got it. Wow. That's and amazing because he's now, known. Now what this was for, though. For being such a hard. Listen, this, yeah. this was on the way. Basically they needed a cover Mm. to cover the Anita they already had in place 
a Broadway mm-hmm. performer. And I was going to, I was covering her oh, I see. For, the, for the West Side Story Suites. Mm-hmm. That woman was Nancy Ticotin. Mm. Cut to uh, some, some weeks later, okay, they're in the run. It's happening. And I am doing an all-day workshop of the Fosse workshop. Oh, wow. And I was so excited. I had danced all day. And I got a call. Hey, uh, you want to come over to the uh, State Theater? I was like, why? (laughs) They're like, well, Nancy lost her voice. Oh, jeez. And I was like, and they're like, okay, and we put the West Side Story Suites was the third ballet of the night. So after Act One, can you please get down here? Oh, my God. I was already exhausted from yeah. dancing all night. Of course. They did not have a dress for me. They didn't have a wig. <laughs> I had long hair. So here I am putting on Nancy's dress. They're fashioning my hair with a little ridiculous, like, banana curl bun. Mm. And I'm upstairs with Paul Gimignani and oh. Jacques Soto going over the duet in the dance of the gym. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I had had the feeling I had owned this role in Germany. So I said, I know what, I know what this is for me, sure. but you know, going from zero to 60, mm. build the stamina to do. And these were one, you know, dance at the gym and then America. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> you know, so I think with one number between. between, but still, yeah, not the time. So, to rest. Yeah. And so there I was and the curtain went up mm. and I'm in the purple dress <laughs> and the entire New York City Ballet and Peter Martins is in the winds in the wings. No pressure, no pressure. And I looked out at the New York City Theater where I'd seen my father perform a million times mm. and I had one moment of like I looked just taking in the space of like and it was I like the island then I went smoke on your pipe oh my god here we go oh, that's your spark right there and yeah. all of a sudden here I was and I was doing it and, 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 and Jerome Robbins and Nancy were in the audience mm. Mm. Friday night, Lincoln Center. I went backstage after it was done, and I was like, what do you think? And he was like, he was like, it's good, it's good. You don't have to work so hard, he said. Mm. You don't have to work so hard. I was like, okay, great. And of course, it took me another seven years to really understand what he meant. Mm. I really began to, to know how to dance this role. Mm. Oh, my God. After that. Right. To, to really inhabit the ease. There is people kill that dance. It's they over dance it. Right. I noticed, you know, well, and I've had the privilege of seeing you in that role. Uh, I I saw you in Sign- Signature Theater's most recent production of West Side Story as Anita. I did. And you were, to me, okay, I want to be, I want to be generous to everyone. It was a beautiful production. You were in another production all by itself that had um, uh, uh, another level. Everyone was fantastic. And you were like, it was like you were on, it was like times 10 with the, with the, the love and the joy that you brought to the role. That in, and then I, then I looked in the program and I said, oh, okay. She knows this role. She's played this role. This is a role she's lived. And that was that's a difference right there because you could what exactly what you're describing I saw. And the ease with the dancing that you did where you danced it exactly as it should be danced, but you know, not like what Jerry had told you, not having to work so hard. You were living the character. It was fantastic. Well, I'm looking I'm looking at these like literally like 22-year-olds behind me and they're like dying. And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, you see, that's what happens you in learn, Just, like a, just yeah. like a runner, you learn mm. how to run that race energically. Mm. And you know and you understand that as much as you as you put gas into a move mm-hmm. is when you take it away. Mm-hmm. Because then you score your movement and it's not it's not all the same. It's 
high there's you score movement just like you would yeah. play play an instrument well and seeing the and effort nobody wants to see a dancer sweat which is hard because dancers sweat i mean it's a hard job unless that's what you want to communicate in the role and that's the yeah. thing yes. about theater dance yeah yeah um it was one yeah and then you know after that then it was like that was it was with, was um, it a rocket ship but so when that happens so what's that story happens for you um you get you get the okay the thumbs up from from jerome robbins says this is good you're doing good go for it keep going um did that open doors or uh, really into Broadway or was it because I know you I knew you did Paul I don't, I don't know the chronology exactly but then you know I know Paul Simon's no. The Cape Man was the was that your first no. show you know the weirdest thing is that nothing I ever did opened doors mm. Interesting. which was really strange not even every little step Oh, I want to talk about that for sure. Um, I yeah. was sitting in the movie theater. And people theater. ask me that all the time. They're like, oh, God, they must be called. It's like, no, not, not one. But people, that's another misconception people have about theater, you know, that you do one thing and then, you know, it's going to open all the doors for you. No, in reality, you have to keep struggling, right? You have to keep banging open, banging on those doors. So so how did you, how did you get from that to to the Cape Man, which was your first show on Broadway, correct, um, with, with Paul well, Simon? Well, here's how, here's how stupid I was. I was on tour. And I auditioned for the Cape Man, went back on tour. I got the Cape Man. And be, instead of playing the Amundsen in Los Angeles, I decided to leave the tour before I played Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Who was my agent? Fire that moron. <laughs> you, you, seriously. No, one no really? It's like, how yeah. did they, I, I think back on how did they let me do that? Right. But I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that LA was important. Like yeah. I truly didn't know. Well, you know, it's part of the things that you do in life, and it's it's fine. But then, so then the Cape Man happened, and that was not uh, maybe. Um, I think it was. It's a super interesting show, right? And it's not. It's not um, maybe the big success on Broadway that people thought it was going to be with the Paul Simon music. But it's no. it's an interesting show. Guess what? Guess what, Stefan? I, if, if you ask me, it was another casualty of Broadway's undiagnosed racism. Right. And this was early on, I mean, before, way before any of these conversations were happening. Paul was enormously before his time. Yeah. He was even, I mean, okay, I look, I look at this beautiful video that I just saw the other day of Sting sitting with um, a wonderful black uh, artist and he's singing on... I don't drink coffee, I take tea, my dear. And he's, he's invited this guy to take a whole verse. So Sting is singing, I'm an Englishman in New York. And this guy is saying, I'm an African in New York. Oh, and it's so, and I'm going, this is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. That we could be doing. Forward. Yeah. You don't forget the past. You don't throw it out. Yeah. You don't cancel Pepe Le Pew. Right, you right. just don't do it. Right. right? So yeah. looking at that, and I'm going, Paul Simon uh, uh, collaborated mm-hmm. with African music 25, 30 years ago. Right, yes. Yes. And they called him. What did they? What did they? They they, they crucified him for mm, it. Yeah, the rhythm of the saints, right? That was, but yeah. One of my favorite albums. Fantastic album. So you try not to move your feet. So he's ex- he's exploring the in the Cape Man. Um, is it? Um, Ru- remind me. Was it um, the Ruben Blades? Let me get it right. Ruben Blades. Yes, yes he played the. He, they had um, two. Uh, or three Salvador Gonzalez as little and as a teenager, mm-hmm. uh, which was Mark Anthony, and older, which is Ruben Blades. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just between Derek Walcott's very, uh, he was just very stubborn apparently about not uh, about because musical theater is a machine mm-hmm. and it has formula, and there's a reason why things need to hit when they do. Um, Paul, from where I sat, was the most flexible. Mm, sure. <laughs> See? And nobody knows this, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows this. So, and, and I don't know if, you'll, if, you, if you know this, Stefan, um, but yeah, the, the, the vitriol and the, and the misunderstanding of the, of the intent for people that never even came to see it. Mm, yeah. It's not glorifying a murderer. 
it was a tabloid story of a child who was going to be put to death <laughs> for killing who had been so who himself had been so abused mm -hmm. and so traumatized. Yeah. And it was the first time that they had to convince white America at that time, white New York, to say, this is a child who's been traumatized. Mm. What are we doing? Yeah. And of course, you know, he found this figure. He taught himself to read in, in prison. And he taught, I mean, it was, it, he found this figure uh, puzzling and, and, and ultimately the question of the musical was, is redemption possible? Mm. Which is a and, great. And of course, nobody is even near that poetic discussion. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, uh, Stefan, but in 2010, they were going to be doing it in the park. I heard something about late, much later, about a, a revival of some sort. But what happened? And oh, Stefan, I have something you're going to be shocked. So, and I've come in, and they want to see me for the mother. Oh. And right then and there, of course, all of Ednita Ednita Nazario, fabulous woman, all of the mother's songs is in the meat of my voice, and it's Diane Paulus. And they cast me. So I am now in the Cape Man for the public in the, in the Delacorte mm -hmm. with in the hands of Diane Paulus, mm -hmm. who completely reconfigured the show mm -hmm. to turn it from being this, the, from Salvador Agron to being the center of it to the mother being oh, wow. the center. You know why? Because through her eyes mm. is the tragedy. Oh, wow. Through her eyes is the love, okay? Mm. So they started the show with her as an old woman up on the hill burying her son. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, she's saying, she hears, and she's, and she's remembering. And all of a sudden, she sees Salvador there. And the whole world starts to, the whole company starts to swirl around and it goes back into memory. Wow, that sounds fantastic. It is. No, 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 Stefan. I can't tell you what it was like for me to not only inhabit this in this way. Um, they, they changed the whole thing. Mm. They changed the whole, the thing is, and of course, you know, the mother says, it is repentance that makes good from evil. Mm. Mm. So there you get the story. So do you think there's any chance that this could, why, why is something like this? It sounds so fantastic when you're describing it. And someone like me who lives in D.C. wouldn't get a chance to see it unless I, you know, I made a, a special pilgrimage to New York for that. But um, why is something like this not being done all over the place? Why is this um, not production? Is it going to go to Broadway? It's been 10 years. What's going on? I mean, is this are the kind of things we need to see? Well, you and I would be in agreement on that. Hmm. And all I can say to that is just keep your eyes out. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you know, some things have to be, the time has to be right and people's mind has to be open and there has to be, I mean, all the conversations going on right now on the border, everything that's happening in this country uh, with, with, with Latinx people coming from, you know, south, uh, uh, moving up, you know, my, my boyfriend is from um, Texas, from San Antonio, and he's Mexican-American. And I was talking to his 94-year-old grandmother uh, a while back when I first met met them his family and i said you know so when did y'all look at look at my question i said when did y'all um come to texas when did the family come to texas from mexico and she looked at me straight in the eye this is the first time i met her and she said we didn't go anywhere they came to us and i thought oh my gosh what an idiot right i felt like an idiot but it was so such a learning moment such a truth that i went aha of course you know so those kind of things all these conversations going on at the border all the things that are happening in this country about the total lack of understanding complete lack of understanding of latin culture period overall uh, what a wonderful oh, thing but, but also not only that but but remember i am i am the first generation like many people mm -hmm. here of of an immigrant yeah. I'm, Me too. My mother is Italian. She's an Italian citizen. Mm -hmm. 
and people uh, I don't I would love to know exactly what the percentage of people here have come from immigrants mm-hmm. and what and what have been brought up here because the immigrant experience to have to go from a sky you know mm-hmm. uh, trees on, on a, like the kind of trees that you know to to a completely foreign alien different place for whatever reason for yeah. for safety for for betterment for prosperity the fact that you leave your your sky mm-hmm. behind you can't know what what that's like what what an enormous amount of courage that takes mm, absolutely um I mean, it says so much about, I don't know, again, and I have, none, none of this is like a sweeping and across no, the board. No, but I mean, it's I like, have these conversations with my dad all the time because he's from, you know, a farm on Mar- in Maryland, a very small town in Maryland. And my mother is from Montevideo, Uruguay. And um, he'll, whenever the whole Trump thing was happening, and he, my father is very much, you know, a liberal and very much not a Trump supporter in any way. Nobody in my family, thank God. But um, that he said, you have to understand the, the poor white mentality. You have to understand the rural white mentality. You know, how difficult, you know, they don't have a job and they don't, you know, and they can't, they can't find a, you know, earn a living. And, and I said to him, but neither could my mother and my grandfather, grandmother, and they traveled 8,000 miles or whatever, you know, to come to the U.S. and learn a whole new language and start all over. And I said, and you're telling me that people in Maryland can't take a bus and go to the next big city in their own country with learning the language? So, I mean, I was prejudiced, right, in my, my view of that. But my feeling is, you know, I'm supposed to feel bad for, for poor white people, but I'm not for Latinos. Why? I mean, it makes, it's a lot harder to be an immigrant, period, of any color than it is to, in your own country, find something. So that's a conversation my father and I always have. And I mean, there's two sides to everything. But I'm just saying, these stories could be told on Broadway right more and I feel like there's a lot of you lived it back then you were there in the beginning of this conversation for the for the arts and and you've you've lived through it and now you're seeing some progress but I wonder how much of it you know as always you may not have benefited from any of that struggle and now um we're here and let's see what doors open. But let me, let's talk a bit about um, some, another role that you played on Broadway that I, I got to see you in, which was the revival of Men of La Mancha. Uh, another, you know, uh, where I, I believe you played Antonia, correct? Yes. yes. And, and I and covered uh, Aldonza. Absolutely. I didn't get to see you as Aldonza, but I did get to see you as Antonia. And another place where I would have loved to have seen your Aldonza, let me tell you, because um, the singing would have, you know, would have been amazing in the in the acting, because uh, I've seen you in those roles. And I took my mother to see that show. And that's her favorite show ever. And she cried, 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 cried like a baby in that production. It was a lovely production. What was that experience like for you? Well, you know, it was Bernie wanted me to come in because they were they were looking for, you know, an Aldonza. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Bernie, I don't, like I'm not coming in for that because I had done I had done uh, Man of La Mancha regionally with mm. someone else, Beth McVeigh, mm. who was Alza, and you know the big boobs and mm. and gorgeous big voice. I mean, yes, she's white, mm. yeah, but 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 that was the sort mm. of the, the shape, right. you know. Um, and uh, I was like, he was like Natasha, come in. I was like. But I can't sing that. I can't do that. Mm. I'm a cheetah type. Like, what, mm-hmm. what are you right. making me do? Right. And I, here's something else I found. I've got nobody gives you a Tony for versatility. Oh, <laughs> for sure. You need to nobody, go in the box. Nobody who can go from Cassie to Aldonza to Fosca right. to, will ever well, give you a, 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 a Tony for Well, that. it's harder because they don't know where to put you. Right. That makes it harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so they... So they um, and, and I was like, I, I'm not going in for that. They were like, get in here. And I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And of course, I was also petrified. They were like, okay, so here you go. And I, because I knew the show, having watched mm-hmm. uh, um, Ron Holgate and Beth McVeigh, mm-hmm. two poets, okay, mm-hmm. poets, they both were, 
Um, and uh, and so I had a sense of the scene, and I was like hitting, oh God, here comes the A flat. It's all legit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, it's a crazy role that was written for Joan, uh, uh, what was her, Denier, Joan, Denier, right? Joan Denier, yeah. yeah. And it's such and, a weird you know, voice that only she could well, sing it at that point. Well, I had never, like, I, you know, I was like, okay, I, I'm a cheetah type, right? I'm mm-hmm. a cheetah, when, like, I get that. I can do the mm-hmm. belty stuff. And that was like, okay, now you, I'm supposed to now sing soprano, like, <laughs> sing a lot. And so they wanted me to cover the role. And later on, I found out that uh, David, the um, the producer, he said, after he, after I had come in, he said, I found my Aldonza today, and I still have to hire a star. Uh. Right, because it's about selling tickets, right? It's about David Stone. David Stone. David Stone. It's about that's selling tickets. That's how it was told me. Yeah, sure. Well, that's honest. Um, that's honest. And that's and so I, you know, I I did it. And I said okay, and I got their offer, and I said okay, I'll take this, but you have to pay for my voice lessons. Oh, that's a good. Good for you for asking. Good for you and for they seeing. did. Good. They should. I mean, that's a crazy vocal role. If you could destroy oh, your voice. It was like I said, you know, you want me to, to cover this, but I cannot, you oh, know, good. sit here yeah. and tell you that I know what I'm doing. Because well, I and also the damage you could do to your voice to try to sing out of your range if it's not up if it's not up in there. I mean, because there's some crazy parts of that, the score. But I just, I literally, from Carnegie Mellon, I still, I, you know, I said, how, how much am I supposed to struggle? Of the acting, singing, and dancing, singing is a thing that still uh, terrifies me. Oh, but you're so wonderful. I mean, it's like yeah, it's, it's, no, see, see, no, no, it's all on the outside. It's all yeah. We <laughs> see the wonderful ending product, then product. Well, what happens is Stefan is like I realize that I'm at a, I'm at a point where I'm used to. You either make a choice. You either going to act out of fear. And not take the job because you're too scared, or you take it. Mm. And I went, okay, I'm gonna jump. Yeah, you know. And of all of the women who could have been singing Aldonza, all of the incredible voices that I knew, they wanted me. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm gonna be trying to make myself worthy of this, and I will study and I will learn how to warm up. I will learn more about what, how I to get through this. And they were incredibly supportive. And it was magical. Going on was magical. I was going to say, um, yeah. How I, have a few, I have a few recordings of things that if anyone's interested. Yeah, um, to, for and, them to hear uh, it, yeah. Because you, you can, know, now, so now you've done it, you know, even if you, you weren't playing the role, um, you were you were covering the role and you were um, playing another role in the show, um, but you've played the role on Broadway with Brian Stokes Mitchell and you've got some performing of it under your belt. Now, would you want to go back and do it like full, like just you? You do it. It's all yours. Eight shows a week. Um, Maybe. It depends on who it would be with. The production, right. And who the director. Yeah. yeah it depends on who it would be with. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that I am I'm definitely more at home with my and more I'm sitting on my my throne with more security now at least I don't lament what I'm not so much I can sense that I try to maximize what I am yeah you see you seem to be in a really centered place I really like that it's just talking to you you sound really confident I don't know if it was this last year that you've had of we've all had this quarantine pause year but maybe it's given you a lot of time to be like You've earned it over the years of the struggles and, and, and the hard I work. Tell you, I tell you, um, the biggest thing that I never knew was coming for me happened to me. And that was Fosca. Ah, yes. And you. this is at Signature Theater, the Tony Award winning Signature Theater, right? In Arlington, Virginia. For those of you got to play Fosca. Um, what was that experience like for you? I mean, what a wonderful role. Um to get to play at Signature, which is where, you know, which is really known for doing Sondheim. Sondheim himself thinks of Signature yeah. Theater as his little jewel box where all his shows get get really wonderful productions. So how was it playing Fosca in that, in, in, in that wonderful uh, passion? Well, I had known Donna Murphy from socially. I never knew passion. I never knew it was something that I could do, should do. And then even if I could, was even able to do. 
Again, I am not used to being the person that has the, the, the lion's share of the evening. I'm great at like being the sassy sidekick and stealing the show and then leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are fun. That's like, that's like, that's easy. Yeah. But you know, carrying the whole show. If you're the lead, right, you have many songs, you have, you know, and, um, you know, they came to me, they said, well, we have passion coming. And I was like, great. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Like, (laughs) I wanted to play Sally Bowles. Nobody's ever let me play Sally Bowles. You're kidding. You've never played Sally Bowles? Well, let's put that out into the universe. No, and it's all the only thing. And I was like, okay, well, you didn't give me Sally Bowles. Well, then, so I, I don't know what else I have in the canon, frankly, that I'm a shoe in for right. because I know my I know my skill set mm-hmm. and I I know that I can serve Sally mm-hmm. really fully on all three fronts. Oh, I'd love to! I'd love to see you in that role. Anyone? And I, can, and I do a really good accent, so it's like there's you know I and I have this, and so well, Fosca. Okay, well, I don't know this show, right? And I think I hear it's kind of depressing, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so let me let me take a look at it, and then of course I watched. I watched the film's production. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think I, I know that as an actress, I know this. Mm. I know this place. And then I said, okay, uh, let me, um, let me, it's based on a book, right? Let me read the book. When I read the book, I, I called up the director. I said, "Matthew, this I could have written this book. Mm. Me, she's me. Mm. I can see her in the book. She is ebullient. She's passion. She is passion. She laughs at herself. She's she is a twenty-something-year-old who is fighting for her life." to feel the love that nobody ever gave her because of how she looked mm-hmm. with such a passionate heart. Mm. Um, I, I have here the book in front of me mm. and I went, Matthew, 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 read the book. It's nothing like any production you've seen. Mm. Nothing like, and again, the beautiful thing about roles is that you get to share them with other people and, and, and you, each person shines a different facet mm-hmm. of the character. But when I met her in this book, I it's nothing like anything I've seen. Hmm. Amazing. She is, she is uh, the way they speak about her, the way she speaks about herself. Um, uh, I'm trying to look for this. Well, while you're looking for that, I'm going to say, you know, yeah. that um, that you're what one of the things about you that I, when I've seen you on stage that comes through, and it's interesting. That's maybe why you've connected so much with the character of Fosca. Um, is there is sort of a it's a it's an intense passion on stage and a heat, uh, an intensity when you perform where you are giving giving of yourself fully, and I think that comes through. And some people may may not be used to seeing that. I think people are used to seeing people more reserved. You really let it out um, and open up on stage. And that is... I mean, that, isn't that what we're doing? Of course. I'm sorry. But it's you'd like, be surprised. If we're not, then what the hell are we doing? Well, you'd like, be surprised honestly. as an audience member how many times I've sat there and gone, oh, this person's phoning it in big time. You know, and but so... Anybody, but it's like, but I don't... Okay, yeah. here's another thing I'll say to you, Stefan. When people say to me, and funny, Mike Isaacson, and by the way, I'm supposed to go to do on your feet oh. in August. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I love that show. Where Where are you going to be doing that? At the Muni. Oh, well, just, just you and a few friends at the Muni. How many, 10,000 people, 15,000 seats? Well, <laughs> he's, they're going to put in as many people safely. No, of course. Um, that's their, that's their well, goal. Well, it's outside. It's outside. there with bells and masks yeah, and tubes, fantastic. whatever the hell they And it's want. outside. It's outside. Let's clarify that for people who might not yeah. know the Muni's outside. Okay. All right. So um, tell, tell me so what you found. So Mike Isaacson me. asked me in, a, in an interview, he said, well, you have this intensity about you. What mm-hmm. is it? I said, well, besides the fact that I, co- that I, am, that I come from the tree of a, of a ballerina and an opera singer, mm-hmm. I just want anybody to come out. It's, it is, I approach 
theater in this way, the most valuable thing that anybody can give anyone is their attention. Mm -hmm. Look at that. So they're opening up to you. They are, people are, are coming to pay to open themselves up to you. And I will, Stefan, I will be damned if I will waste one second of that mm. privilege because it is. And it shows, it shows, Natasha, when, when for, I've seen you perform. Because it, you know why, yeah. but Stefan, it matters. Yes. It matters what happens between you and me that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and I've, I've had it, I've had, I've had enough evidence come back to me. Oh my God, I saw you do this and it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That, that you're Fosca. I will never forget that. It stays with me. Right. And I'm still floored by these messages that I'm getting. Yeah, that's the special thing about theater, live theater. Can't but be. this is the opportunity yes. in it, is yes. that you, you change the soil of someone's life. Correct. And it is eternal. Yeah. Even though it's ephemeral, mm-hmm. it can still be that person's forever. Absolutely. And I know I, I know you were looking for something regarding Fosca, and I wanted you to be able to talk, talk to that. Um, have oh. you found it? Um, because if not, I, I want to move yes. on. To okay. Um, tell me. You what- know what? I would love to. I would love to continue the Fosca thing with you yeah. another time yeah, as let's well. Have, let's have a Fosca conversation separately. But but before we, before so let's put Fosca aside then for a second because I, clearly it's something really special there uh, that you we need a whole other episode for Fosca. But let's talk a bit about because um, I want to talk about this and we are almost out of time. So I wanted to talk about this before we ended because I don't want to go without talking about something that probably everyone may have seen you in the place where most people listening to this may have seen you just because of the sheer um, popularity of Netflix uh, and and people being able to stream things at home for those who haven't gotten the opportunity like I did to see you perform wonderfully on stage they can see you in the documentary every little step about your auditioning for the role of Cassie in the 2006 revival of A Chorus Line, which was Bob Avian and Bayor Kaliz putting together of that um, production uh, for the revival on Broadway. And then they filmed um, a documentary about the audition. So anyone who wants to go on Netflix, can that's now on Netflix. And I've watched it, I think, five times. If I'm not wow. well, I've been in a chorus line as well. I was a mic years ago, and and I always am fascinated by that show and the history behind that show. And I know a lot about um, Michael Bennett, but and I just finished reading Bob wow. Avian's biography as well. But so you're in that. What's so interesting about you in that documentary is that your passion comes through your excitement, your energy for you're up for Cassie and. Well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who may not know the ending. But um, yeah. what was the what was the documentary like for you while it, while it was happening? Did you know it was going to happen that way, or or was it? I mean, you're in the midst no, of no. I mean, none of us none of us did. And we, you know, I show up for the first uh, the first call. And by the way, I was up for Morales and Cassie. Oh, that's right. You were up for more than one role. Thank you, Morales as well. Yeah, and so we arrived the first day, and there's a bunch of writers sitting on the table and they're like hey so we're going to be filming this uh we don't know what it's going to be but uh if you don't want your face to be seen don't sign it and we'll blur you out Hmm. or if you want to be in this whatever and i was like yeah you better film me getting this job (laughs) (laughs) right sure I was like, because of course, you know, my eternal optimism. I was like, this, this is the one. So you recognize, but you also recognize the potential of the of the documentary, or you didn't. You no, didn't no, 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 not that. Whatever it was, I was like, catalog me getting this job. I yes, see. Absolutely. So, so the historical sure. moment, right? Yes. So nobody, nobody, you know, and again, it was just the kind of madness that Don Quixote speaks of. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is the thing that I bring. I think. Hmm. For better and for worse, you know. Go. Because what you know, the 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 madness of of the hope and the and the faith that this is the one, this is the one you're going to get. Hmm. That was you know the spirit with which I came, and I was like, sure, you know. But there were people that didn't sign, you know, and they said, 
do I really have to worry about this now? It's like, I'm, it's hard enough to just get a job, right? Mm -hmm. So shortly thereafter, it became apparent. So, so Morales dropped off and they were going to concentrate on Cassie. And um, there were actually quite a few women and quite a few women they left out of the documentary because they wanted to be left out. Mm. Um, so it wasn't just between Charlotte and I. Um, right. But... But there, you know, and I don't know any of the ins and outs, the like the in chat that was happening. But, um, you know, they told me uh, I needed to lose about 15 pounds. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and by her, they were wonderful with me. They were like, because it's true. It's true. There's a, there's a line. There's a line with dancers. And I just never sort of had that very tight hipped you know, sinewy look. I am Italian, Mediterranean. I have hips. I have butts. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I just, and I was also never just a dancer. I, I, right. I never imagined that I would be doing, I wanted to do Shakespeare. Can you imagine? Yeah. I want to yeah. be doing Chekhov and Shakespeare. So, yeah, but the problem with me is that I sing and dance and act. So I, I never got to do as much classical theater. Now I hope I can do a lot. I was going to say, hey, wait a minute, Natasha. You have the the next half of your career to do all of that stuff. That's what I'm thinking. You're going to get dive well, into the classics. I mean, Come on. Juliet. I wanted to play Juliet so bad. Well, wait, but there's, it... I mean, yes, there's, there's a ton of stuff that I yeah. hope can can sort of uh, avail itself now. But so with all of that fell off, and then you know, I I lost twelve pounds. Wow! Weight myself going in today, going in that going in that morning, mm -hmm. and I did an audition, and I, I explained this story. I left. I opened on Broadway. Wow. Mm -hmm. I did what Jay Bender said you need to do. Mm. And there's no better feeling because, but the thing was is that Charlotte didn't. Mm. That's why she was crying afterwards. Mm. And she'll say this. Yeah, She's yeah. like, I felt horrible. I felt horrible. Mm. And I flew. Mm. I had every single one of my turns. Mm. I felt like I was like, I was so, because the thing that one does you want to, and I literally, like, I was, I was almost, it was almost, I was almost scared at what happened. I said, oh my God, I don't have better than that. Mm. I walked out of that theater going, that's, yeah. What just fell out of me and hit and then lit itself on fire? I mean, it was, it was to walk out going, that. I don't have that or that. But then that's for the actor. You want, but that's the best thing that for the I actor. paid yeah. what I, I did, what yep. I had to do. And you were at peace, right? Because that gives you the peace when you walk out to go. Oh, okay. there's nothing more right. I could have done. Yes, nothing. Yes. I was like, I did that's everything. Yeah. and felt the way I wanted to feel. Yeah, yeah. The freedom, the freedom. So for and those the joy. for those listening, you can, as an actor, do all of those things and still not end up the person perhaps chosen for the role. That's the irony and the sad tragedy, and yet not because you learn, right? You got to play that role and, and you've learned the role, so to speak, in that in that room. Uh, and you got to soar, as you said, which is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Natasha, we need- and, and you know what? And everyone all over the world <laughs> got knows to see me it. Yes. for that. Absolutely, and you know, it's really And you know what? That is more than anybody, nobody, no one, no actor. Yes. has a record of all of they pulled of what they put their soul yes. and time into preparing and you can feel and it I in the, when you watch the documentary I have a beautiful yeah, you movie yeah you that can feel it. shows it all yeah and it's really a wonderful testament to you and to your passion and to the way you approach everything and it's so great that that's on film because it is really a calling card for you and for moving forward anyone who wants to know about Natasha Diaz a little bit of what she can do uh, you know under fire uh, there it is you know and so Natasha Natasha, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I wanted to keep talking with you. I need to do a lot more episodes with you. I'm really jazzed talking to you. I've had so much fun. You're a, a treat to chat to chat with. Oh, honey, 
I, we've, we've, we've merely grazed the surface. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> so we, you will be back on American Theatre Artists Online if you so choose. I will have you back anytime and we'll talk more about other aspects. We'll do a Fosca episode. We'll talk more about, about some of your other roles. This is just the beginning. So thank you so much. I really appreciate yes, it. Yes, and until then, just so people know, you yes. can find me on Instagram at LadyDiaz777. I, I have a fan page where you can talk to me, look at see what I'm doing. I make my announcements there. I also have a website where you can look at reviews, pictures um, of, you know, all, all so productions. If so someone just looks, kind of... looks for Natasha Diaz, Natasha Diaz, N-A-T-A-S-C-I-A-D-I-A-Z.com. Perfect. And um, there's all kinds of fun stuff there. And I've got some videos on YouTube. And There's a lot to see. It's, we haven't even talked about Brel. We didn't talk about Brel. We didn't talk about rooms. We didn't talk about a bunch of the different things that you've done yeah. that are fantastic. We're going to have you back when I, I think I want to do another episode about maybe uh, some of your other work that we did not talk about today. So thank you so much. This is just the beginning of, of a longer conversation. So thanks. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you so yes. much for being on American Theatre Artists Online. Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait for the next one. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the American Theatre Artists Online podcast. This episode was edited by Zach Walsh. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. If you'd like to share your feedback or send us comments, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at American Theatre Artists Online.